From shipyard to boardroom, Paul Vragel's transformation journey. Explore the unique journey of Paul Vragel, founder of For a Better Business, in this captivating interview. From managing ship construction for Amoco Corp at 22 to tackling a significant engine failure without resources. Discover how these experiences shaped his approach to business transformation. Learn his secret sauce for overcoming common change challenges and fostering an improvement-seeking culture. Tune in for insights into this successful large-scale change. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Let me share a little bit about the guests that we have here today. Paul Vragel, founder of For a Better Business, has over 25 years of experience transforming complex manufacturing businesses. His firm ensures rapid, significant results by eliminating waste and expanding sales opportunities. Previously, he evaluated new technology at BP's Computer Group and managed ship construction for Amoco. Vragel, a top expert in Lean Sigma, a method to improve business procedures, and ISO 9001, a standard for quality management systems, has a science degree from Webb Institute and business degree from the University of Chicago Booth School of Business. I am so pleased to welcome to the stage Mr. Paul Vragel. Hello, April. Thank you for the gracious introduction. It's great to be with you today. My pleasure, Paul. I'm excited. You've got a wealth full of stories and insight and all of it. So I'm so excited to have you here, your wisdom to be shared on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Let's start by sharing with the audience a little bit more about you outside of that short bio. Great. So I, as you mentioned, I went to Web Institute which is training in hip design and construction. I graduated in a class of 19. So very intense, focused education in ship design and construction. I started work after that in a shipyard in Virginia, where I was given a, a project to do their very first ever analog to digital conversion with very limited resources. A, a team of four, uh, a woman who could just about speak assembler language, an original geek before that term became mm. <laughs> uh, a, a, a maintenance guy who had been uh, on a nuclear submarine where you get seconds per six months voyage outage time. So particular view there. And the person who manned the burning machine, which was the object of this conversion, 
who, uh, although he would deny it, I don't think he graduated beyond sixth grade or so. And I don't say that pejoratively. It was just the nature. But he knew everything about burning steel, more than all of the engineers in the rest of the plant. And by relying on this, okay, truly diverse team, uh, we we got this up and running in less than a year. And uh, as I was training three shifts of operators, uh, I got a call from some prior graduates of the university I went to asking if I was interested in managing ship construction in Spain. As you mentioned, I was 22. I had no particular connection to Virginia. Uh, this was international experience with people that I trusted. And I said, yes, absolutely. Do That's accept- a great opportunity. It, absolutely. And I was not, I did not hesitate at all to accept that. Two weeks after I started work, I'm on a plane to Spain with my instruction set being basically figure out what you're supposed to do and do that. Now, a lot of the comfort that comes from the uh, my boss and the other fellow there. And I mean, we all attended this very small, very focused uh, college. And we had all the same professors. We had all the same courses. Uh, the, the, the only question they really asked me was, are, are you healthy? <laughs> and other than that, go. <clears throat> I, no uh, testing, just are you healthy? Yes, right. I mean, they, they knew the education that I, that I had. And, uh, okay, I was salutatorian in my class, so I wasn't, uh, yeah, wasn't slacking off. Anyway, uh, things are going great. A year later, my boss says, well, one of the priors of their Spaniards are building thousand foot oil tankers for us. A year later, one of those ships comes into Lisbon for its guarantee dry dock and repair period. My boss says, why don't you go over there and observe, see, See what we can learn from a shift in operation. We might be able to apply to the new construction we're working on. It's a very intense inspection period. And one of the inspections we did was of the main engine. And we opened up the bottom end bearings. And all of the bearing material that's supposed to be in the bearing is, in fact, and there, there is a picture of one of those ships, is in fact lying on the crankshaft journal in pieces. This is, this is really bad, really bad. I call my boss in Chicago, describe the situation to him, and he says, fix it. Fix it. I'm, I'm waiting for the rest of the conversation. Wow. <laughs> And fix it was the message. So I'm I'm 23. I have no authority. I have no domain knowledge. I have the faintest idea how bearings are made. I have no staff, no budget. I don't speak Spanish or Portuguese. And the we don't have a contract with the engine builder, 
We have a contract with the shipyard, but not the engine builder, who is also a Spanish company. And they build the engine under license from the Danes. This is, this is not necessarily set up for success. But, it doesn't sound like it. But uh, I'm, I'm also committed to, dem to validate, if you will, my boss's confidence in, in saying, fix it. I go to the engine maker in Spain, and I ask them, first logical question, what's the plan? They look at me and they say, we don't really have a problem. We think the Danes have a problem because they designed the engine. We just built it according to what they said. Well, I'm 23, but I can recognize a finger pointing exercise coming, which isn't going to get us anywhere. So I'm sitting in my hotel room trying to figure out, okay, what, what am I going to do? I, I need to come up with something that, that will work here. Uh, I, I get permission from them, if you will, to go down in, on the floor and see how they actually make the bearings. Mm -hmm. And the situation gets even worse. I expected, of course, that they speak Spanish, and at that point I speak English. But the real issue was they told the employees that I was there to tell them how to fix the bearings. I didn't even know what they did. Wow. So time for some serious inventing on the spot. And what I what I came up with was, and, and part of this was from the experience in the shipyard, that uh, the people who do the work know what they actually do. They may not be the, the technical experts or uh, anything like that, but they are the ones who know what they actually do. So I, I said, let's do this. I said to them, okay, first, I don't know anything about making bearings. You guys do this every day. So why don't we do this? Let's walk through what you actually do and see if we can connect that to the situation we see on the bearings. They were absolutely enthused about participating and contributing to this. They loved that. I didn't come in and say, do X, do Y, do Z, because even if they did that, I, I would have no idea if that fixes the issue. That approach works beyond my wildest dreams with their participation and contribution. In, in a few weeks, we not only resolve the issue with the bearings, but we permanently increase their manufacturing capability. And because of the way we did it, the management and the employees own the process and the results. It's all theirs. It's not mine. I'm not, I'm not the hero here. They're, they're the heroes. They're the one who, who solved the issue. You could argue that but for me being there, it wouldn't happen, but 
but that's not the point. They were able to come up with this, which has an interesting benefit because if I told them how to do it, and even if it worked, if down the line something failed, which it surely would, because I have no real idea what I was doing with the bearings. It would be on you. It'd be exact. You got it. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, it it sounds to me, Paul, like the the big lesson here is that when we give opportunity to others to work through a situation and solve a situation, it empowers them first off and it, it puts responsibility on them. But with that, along with that comes resolution, sense of pride, uh, all of these things that really come into fruition from doing things in that way, when you lead that way. Absolutely. Uh, all, and, and all of the things and more happen when when you do that. And, and I saw uh, as, as part of that, that this wasn't limited to solving one problem in one company. This, this could apply anywhere. It could apply uh, across a whole organization, across the function. It could apply to a whole company. Mm. I have read many books, not many, 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 but books on you know business development and leadership and all of those things and and a few of them absolutely go into this concept of really allowing other people and empowering them to make decisions within the company and how that truly changes a culture and you know the company itself really is able to expand and grow in in ways that you never imagined when you do that for a culture when they feel like they're a part of it and they're making decisions Yes, and it and it gets one of one of the issue the, the issues that every company faces is change. It's constant. So it's, it's always there. Always there. So how do you get buy-in to large scale change? Mm. Well if you try to come in from the top and say, well, this is what we're going to do. And you, we, we have this whole training program set up, which by the way, sets, sets the sends the message that really you don't know enough about what you do to mm -hmm. succeed. Mm -hmm. It's a subliminal message, but it, but people perceive that, you know, oh, we have all of these issues that we're dealing with on a daily basis, and we're getting trained in something else. Okay, we'll go to the training. We hope the donuts are good, uh, and then and then we'll get back to our our workplace. And now we're two hours, two days, two weeks. Nothing's getting accomplished. Behind in what we were doing. So now right. we have to do all of that. And I mean, yes, there are some techniques that are effective in a very narrow band, 
But we're not talking about a narrow band here. We want the whole company yeah. to be participating and contributing yeah. to productivity and profitability and growth. So rather than start with the tools and techniques, and here's this wonderful thing that came from Japan and wherever, or here's this guru, we'll, we'll write down what he says, and then we'll make sure everybody can repeat that. You start by really empowering them in a way they haven't seen before, and and it starts in 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 my experience and doing this successfully in for for thirty years. So people say Gartner, uh, Gallup, MIT, etc. They all say from their surveys and research, seventy percent of change initiatives fail to achieve their objectives. Well, I, I, A, I believe that. 70% is, is not a small number. No. And, and the even, in a sense, more disturbing piece is that's the same number that they've been reporting for 20 years. Oh. Yeah, that's a problem. So there's something about the traditional management systems that right. isn't working. Yeah. So yeah. what I what I took one of the things that I took from that experience in Spain was two core principles that we still use every single day. The first is 90% of the issues that waste time and money in a company and produce bad results are embedded in their processes and interactions. With the caveat that that's often, how they work is often different than how it's documented or expected to work. Clearly, clearly was the case in Spain. Yeah, they had all sorts of instructions on what to do didn't follow them, uh, but okay, so, and, and what we did is we went right after the real system, and the second piece is employees are the world's experts at knowing what they actually do every day. Hmm. No training required. They do this every day. I'm not saying that they're the task experts, the world's expert in that particular but they are the world's experts in knowing what they really actually do. So let's so let's do some simple math. Not knowing what the real system is is a real impediment if you're trying to make change, especially if you're trying to do make large scale change. What's the first thing that people think about when they hear that? there's going to be some large-scale change or or even when a consultant shows up fear fear absolutely yeah am i out of this am i going to lose my job right number one yeah. and and there's kind of a one b if you will 
much smaller, but we've been through all this before. And here we go again. And it didn't work before. Why should it work? Whatever, whatever they're cooking up. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not going to work now. Well, if you don't address that in literally the first five minutes of this initiative, you may get a lot of head nodding and smiling and people will come and eat the donuts and it's, but your initiative is already dead and mm. you, you just don't know it yet. People are polite. They will, yes, oh, sure. We'll, yeah, uh huh. Okay. Yeah, we'll do that. By the way, this too shall pass. So we're okay. Uh, so the first piece is eliminate that fear. And in 30 years of, of doing this, we know that when well, you don't let it, don't let it get to the fear point before it even starts because it's like wildfire, isn't it? When that. Right feeling of fear starts, uh, you know, in somebody, it just like goes rampant and the energy is, is not good for the culture of the company. Exactly. Exactly. So, so part of the message is this is not about low hanging, the famous low hanging fruit. This is not about finding low performers. This is about increasing the productivity and growth for the company. And, and that will happen. And as that happens, that creates opportunity for everybody. So that's, this is really an, an integrated set of things. So that's, that's part of the message. And they hear that. And, okay, that, that diminishes the fear a little bit. <clears throat> the second fear is the, oh, who are you to know what we do and to tell us what we do? And the second message is, I'm here because there's something that happened in the company that said tomorrow cannot be a rerun of today. What, what, whatever that is, I'm not here to tell you what to do. Strange message from the consultant. But... You guys are the world's experts at knowing what you do every day. Am I right? Yeah. And well, I think that when you make somebody the expert too, it, it makes you feel really good, first off, right? When you make someone the expert. And you know, they are. And again, it goes to that empowerment aspect, that confidence, the feeling like you're respected and you're a part of something absolutely absolutely and then to to extend that because you can put those words on a on a, uh, a poster on the wall right employees are our biggest asset okay <laughs> now what? Now but what? if they don't feel that it means nothing yeah well exactly and if you don't and if it's not based on action mm -hmm. it's just it's just words. It's just what they've heard before. So the next piece is, well, it's great that you guys are the world's experts in knowing what you actually do, because we're going to talk with you, listen to you, 
as you work and where you work, not in a conference room someplace. And, and as we do that, we're going to capture visually how the systems really work. I'm not interested in getting generating a list of problems. Problems have owners, and now we're on the search for the guilty, and now we've got the whole cultural degradation that goes along with that. I like how you said that. I have to repeat it. Problems have owners, and now you're searching for the guilty. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, yep. a, that's a cool way to, to think about it. Yeah. And uh, so as we do that, what I really want to hear is, how does it actually work? Mm -hmm. And as we do that across the organization or the company or with the scope of the, of the problem we're dealing with, all of the issues that exist and will improve the performance, even of the whole company, appear. Mm. Not because, okay, I have an you know, advanced engineering degree and lots of experience and an MBA and Lean Six Sigma certified and ISO and group dynamic. None, none of that matters to any. But as we do that, all the issues that need work and will improve the performance appear. Reality, get to reality. And as that happens, you guys, so to the assembled group, uh, you guys are not part of the problem. You are part of the solution because you know how things really work. Yeah. Now, so let's review that bidding just really quick and see where we are. No fault, because we're not we're not finding problems in search for the guilty. The problems will appear. Okay. No fault. You guys are the world's experts. We're going to listen to you, lay out how it really actually works, and you're part of the solution. So now I really only have one question. Who's in to work with me on that basis? Mm. Raise your hand. And so now they're given the choice to participate. Right. And 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 by raising their hand, they take they, accountability. They agree. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We have a, we have an implicit agreement. Now, I have no illusion that you know in the back of people's minds they're you know thinking, well, this sounds good. But I'm just gonna I'm gonna reserve a little bit. But uh, Paul, I, you have you you have really jumped into this, learned this at such a young young age, and you know understanding the concept of how that took place based on that experience that you had on the ship, and and the profound impact of what it can do for business is really amazing at such the young age and. So we're going to go into the first commercial. And when we come back, I would love to hear, based on this experience, really what it's been implementing that and the action behind it and how you've seen this fall into place with the companies you've worked with. Absolutely. Look forward to it. Yes. Stay tuned. Are you ready to take control of your ride to wellness? Rev up with Driven Living. Visit www.drivenliving.com and buckle up 
for a journey. Get exclusive access to our Wellness Driven Life Show guest portal, where you can dive deep into the minds of our esteemed guests. Sign up for our newsletter and get insider scoops on these distinguished personalities. It's like having a backstage pass to their life-changing wisdom. But that's not all. You'll also receive a free hug. You heard me right, a free hug. An enlightening ebook from the Driven Living team. Discover the science-backed benefits of hugging yourself. It's a fill-up for your wellness tank. Because at Driven Living, we believe in fueling your journey to wellness, both physically and psychologically. So what are you waiting for? Visit www.drivenliving.com today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be. But we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. So welcome back, Paul. You have an incredible story. And I I just love this photo that I brought in early on in the beginning because this really is where the story stemmed. This aha understanding and moment of how business can function fluidly with just some some simple steps of really engaging people and empowering people to to be accountable to feel like they're a part of something to give them the opportunity to make decisions and choices and so let's move forward because because you realize this in your 20s and you have moved on with business and you started implementing this with other businesses what are some of the stories that you have that have you know when applying this the miraculous that has happened from it so i'll i'll, uh, I'll start i'll start at an individual level so i've i've uh, had a kickoff meeting with with a company, we just we just are finishing the kickoff meeting. The general manager of that division came in and said, uh, "Here's introduce me, a little bit of background. Here's Paul. He's here to help us with X." And so we we got buy-in to the whole organization. I mean, the whole group that was there. Everybody raised their hand except one guy, and. This was a guy, and uh, I'm, I'm sure you know. You can you can see in organizations people who have authority and stroke and etc. Beyond what their nominal position is, this is one of those guys. People clearly look up to him, 
And he looks at me, straight in the eye, no hesitation, and says, we'll see about that. This is my introduction to the company. Wow. So I have been, I had been doing this for a while at that point. And I, and I know how it works. I know, I don't know specifically exactly, but I know this is not going to be an issue. So we start and interviewing people across functions and different levels. In a few weeks, we resolve an issue that he's been trying to get resolved for two years. Wow. Well, now he has a very interesting dilemma. He has a bully pulpit inside the company. People respect mm -hmm. They listen to what he says. And one of the one of the legs of that stool, if you will, <clears throat> is he kept saying, none of this stuff ever works. And in that particular company, he was right. They tried a number of things there, uh, and they had tried a number of initiatives, all of which failed. So he was right. All of this stuff that we, they did failed. Well, now he has something up close and personal that says, this works. This accomplished something I couldn't do. Mm -hmm. So now, now the dilemma. Mm -hmm. If he keeps saying what he's saying, that it doesn't work, he loses his audience, right? He, he's going to become irrelevant yeah. because it does work. This this does work. It's very different than what they tried, but it, it, this does work. And the, so if, if he keeps saying it doesn't, he becomes irrelevant. On, on the other hand, I am O for lifetime in seeing anybody who has a bully pulpit, which they've invested uh, a lot of time and effort to build give that up. They like that power, authority, etc. So his choice is become irrelevant or become a convert. Well, he became a convert. And now, without doing, without confrontation and you know, counseling and uh, all of the things that might otherwise happen, he, I, I have all access to all of his authority throughout the organization to say, hey, this does work. We're going to keep doing this. So that's an, that's, that's an individual case. Yeah. Paul, what has, you know, you, again, you learned some really important things, you know, during that experience in your 20s, but who else has influenced you in business? You know, a lot of what you say, I, like I mentioned before, I've, I've read some leadership and business development literature, and I'm curious who have been the people who have influenced you the most and are really in alignment with this process? The the one person who really really there's there is absolute alignment with is uh, w edwards deming he he was the person who basically uh led 
the resuscitation of the Japanese economy, if you will. That's, and, that's no, no small ordeal, is it? Right, <laughs> right. And uh, people who who follow this, I mean, he he eventually came out with fourteen points. And people have looked at, at that and said, well, we're going to implement implement point three and point seven. And now we're doing, you know, following with it. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. It's a whole system. And uh, what what I have done is to take that approach and actually development developed an implementation approach around that i don't I, deming was great for theory and i i i subscribe to the, but he didn't give people specific way to get there and i saw i i need that i can't yeah. just say here, see, see what Deming said. Do that. Because there isn't a do. There isn't a do that there. But uh, but the approach that that I've developed. I mean, it's it's essentially a consistent approach that produces a unique result every time. Well, I've had companies that were that were at uh, lower quartile performance, quality and delivery issues, and got them in about, well, first, speed is an issue. Doesn't necessarily appear in Deming, but it's part of implementation. If you, if you try to do this in two years, nobody cares. If you try to do this in six months, go gather, how everything really actually works in six months, still nobody cares. But if you do this in a matter of weeks and implement change as you go, the effect is transformational because you touch on all of those points in doing, but all of the things that you had you cited and observed before, people take, people are willing. So we let me back up one step there. If you start with a blame culture, as we discussed before, now you have problems. Problems have owners. We're on the search for the guilty. Everybody's blaming everybody else. Well, that doesn't get you anywhere. Right. But if you start with what do we actually do? How does that work? As we see things, we fix them. Right yeah. away. The message to people based on action. So one one automotive company, they were they were struggling. Uh, quality delivery issues, very bad financial performance. Using this approach that I laid out previously, working with the management and the employees, we fixed. 75 issues in that company in 30 days. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Not a list of things to solve. You know, people say, oh, you can only really work on one or two things. Well, okay, 
we well, it's kind of like a domino effect, right? When you 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 work on something and then it just it in in turn it works on everything else that is an issue around it. Right. Right. And and the the, the counter to that is if you try to just resolve one issue, it's like trying to pull a fish skeleton through the organization. You have this one thing that you're trying to get through, but you've got all these ribs on the side, and it's touching everybody, but they're not involved. So what's the what, what are your chances of that succeeding? That's, That's a great way to put it too. I like that visualization. It's a, is there any is there any doubt that 70% of the change initiatives fail if that's their basis? We just work on one or two or three. Right. Then another company. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, within about 18 months, well, within six months, 30% increase in earnings without firing anybody. And then in a further 12 months, they pursued and got their first ever business with Toyota. So they went in, let's say, around 18 months from lower quartile performance, quality delivery issues to first ever business with Toyota with the idea of let's let's create a good stop certificate. Everybody gets one with their name on it, and it's a full fancy certificate. The message to them is, if you find something that doesn't match nest with the training we've done or the understanding you have, or there's something about this that just doesn't, it's just not, doesn't feel right, doesn't look right, don't go in it. Don't go and change anything. Tell us, because probably somebody else may have the same issue, and if you try to fix it and they try to fix it, now we have to fix the fixes of the fixes. Come and tell us. We'll, we will get it resolved. And because you came and told us, we will give you a sticker for your good stop certificate. So the net cost of this system was, I don't know, $18.72, right? For, 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 wow. printing, for printing certificates and buying yeah. the stickers. I, I, I bought the stickers out of a local hardware store there. Yeah. But easy. Four hours. And at the end, one of the things that people were most proud of was stickers. <laughs> it's amazing the little things, right? What brings joy to people can be so simple. Yes, and, and it doesn't it doesn't take I mean people often ask me, so what's the incentive program that you have associated with this? <laughs> Uh, the, the, the incentive center program is everybody's life is getting better. Yeah. Your time at work is enjoyable. It's amazing. Paul, all the things that you have implemented within these businesses have been extraordinary. And like you said, it is so fast. It doesn't take months and months. This is very quick change and it's lasting change. And I want to thank you so much for sharing your stories with us here on the Wellness Driven Life Show. And I want to make sure that everyone knows where to find you. I have shown this a few times throughout, but your website where people can come and find you is www 
forabetterbusiness.com. For those of you listening in, you've heard that. Also, those of you visual, this is going to be in the description below. So thank you so what? much for being a guest on the Wellness Driven Life Show and sharing these stories with us. Again, really, truly, you do, you have that track record that has implemented this change, this lasting change very rapidly within organizations. And so I love the concepts that you've brought to us. Really insightful. Thank you so much for being our guest. It was a pleasure to be here and uh, and to, to present an approach that's actually consistent with wellness as an organization. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. It, it makes everybody else feel good, be happier, more productive. It's all around. So again, thank you so much. And our viewers, you know that you know where to find him in the link below. And thank you so much to our audience because without you, the show wouldn't be possible. So thank you so much. Goodbye for now. And we will see you next time.